Hello there and welcome to the Alstein Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz that there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Knives Out. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, John. How are you this week? Hello, 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 hello. I am feeling great. I will get out of the way. I just went to a concert last night if I feel really Ooh, tired. Oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, out to human civilization and see. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You were screaming your lungs off all night. Yeah, I was screaming who was it? every who, word. Who, who did you see? I went to see Kendrick Lamar. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so I was with my friend and we were just vibing all the way. So it was oh. just so much fun. So Beautiful, yeah. honestly. It's enough to make a grown man cry. Brilliant. So this week, Knives Out. Briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. So Harlan Thrombey, a reputable crime novelist, is found dead after his 80th birthday celebrations. However, as Detective Benoit Blanc investigates the case, it reveals and reveals a toy of sinister, sinister intentions. It's just said unra- unravels. Oh, I think it said unveil. Anyway, <laughs> you are tired. Yeah, I tell you what, I am. But don't worry, I've got the energy. I've got everything that I can talk about this film. So that's good. Amazing. So yes, obviously, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery is going to be out very soon. We're going to be covering that in a couple of weeks. I thought first, let's talk about the original film itself. Full spoilers ahead if you haven't seen it. And I think if you haven't seen it, definitely definitely worth the watch i haven't seen this movie since the cinema in 2019 and oh my god this is just a a master class in mystery filmmaking i thought this was excellent what did you think yeah it was a very different kind of movie making because it is mystery you know who done it and then it takes a new perspective like, you know, who kind of did this. We follow Anna de Armas' character, Marta, who thinks he killed Harlan, but in reality, she didn't. And then it reveals that she didn't later in the film, but all the way through, it just picks up the pieces, like, who actually killed him? And I thought that was a really interesting, you know, perspective to see that all the way through. And there was interesting formulas into the who done it because it was just fresh. Every time you see who done it, you know, oh, it's that character. But this one just makes a lot more sense. And if you got like this ultimate edition of the film and you get this sleeve case, and here's a really, really cool part of it. So an ultimate edition, wait, what? Not an ultimate edition, but like a super special Blu-ray case. Okay. Oh, like a steelbook. Like a steelbook, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But I don't think that's available anywhere, but the sleeve case. So mm. there's knives around it, like, you know, Harlan's obsessed with knives yes. in his study. So you slip out the steel case, and then you put the knives in front of the cast, and then it reveals who the, oh. the, the character is in the first place, and it's Chris Evans. So That's very that's cool. Really cool that's very cool. Do you, right there. Do you have so, that? No, I just found it on YouTube. Okay. That's that's really cool. That that's pretty cool. I remember, you know, kind of talking about the marketing and and, and that kind of like posters and stuff. The the tagline for this movie was a who done it like no other. I remember that being all over the trailers at the time and I remember thinking to myself, is it really going to be a who done it like no other? You know, like how is it going to reinvent the genre a genre that has tried and tested in so many ways this came out in 2019 and literally the year before we had an adaptation of murder on the orient express and i think this i i think it completely delivers on its premise the idea that from the get-go maybe 20 minutes in we find out exactly what happens and exactly how he died and instead of following benoit blanc as he tries to unravel the mystery we're more following Marta as she is trying to cover up her tracks, you know, not in any malicious way, but, you know, just for fear of being caught. And 
I think that's a really compelling way to follow the film. It makes the whole thing so much more compelling. Yeah, because you get that perspective from her because she's a nurse and there's this brilliant line at the end when Renoir talked about like you actually killed Harlan and we get to see Marta as the nurse all the way through and they have this nice bond together with the characters and also the cast. Oh, the cast is excellent mm. all the way through. They were just engaging. But yeah, it was, you know, Ryan's Johnson's different way of visual storytelling because Marta's very caring, whereas the rest of the family is just horrible. Like Michael mm. Shannon mm. and Jamie Lee Curtis characters were just downright horrendous uh, yeah. towards Harlan. And you're really interested to see, oh, so who is really looking after Harlan throughout this time? And I thought that was a fair perspective to see because, you know, if you had Benoit all the way through, that's going to take away the heart, you know, the emotion. Yeah. yeah, so much of the drama comes from the family. And I think Ryan Johnson is often described as somebody who likes to subvert expectations. And while I think that is true, I think that's kind of a reductive way to look at him as a filmmaker. I think that whenever he, you know, quote unquote, subverts expectations, there's so much more to it than just that. And I think this film is no exception. There are so many clever ways that he is changing conventions and playing with it. One of my favorite parts of the movie is, is the first act when Benoit is questioning everyone and everyone tells similar stories in different ways and they shoot similar shots. But like there's there's a particular shot where they're singing Happy Birthday to Harlan and in one shot it's got... Mm. Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson and the other shot has got Michael Shannon and his family and they twist it in very interesting ways yeah and I thought that that was just so so good and the cast is just amazing and they're really funny as well Michael Shannon is so funny like there are just like so many moments where he will say things like in the whole sequence where Chris Evans' character is like, eat shit, eat shit. And, <laughs> and Michael Shannon yells, I don't need one iota of shit. Like it's hilarious. And Tony Collette, also brilliant. And there's just so many incredible performances. But Daniel oh. Craig, man, Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc is just fantastic. Yeah, you are completely right about that. Because, you know, Daniel Craig, you know, he's been playing as Bond throughout the years. And there was one comment about, you know, he doesn't want to be in Bond anymore. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and moving on to the Knives Out, this was completely different, you know, from Daniel Craig. Because mm. he's a detective. He's a lot more different. I don't know how to describe him. He's a lot more energetic with the character. Mm. And he's just having so much fun with it. He's just, like, doing his best on the set, mm. you know, with the characters. Like, you know... In, in the interrogation, it was just so funny, like asking questions. And, you know, mm. it's interesting. You know, how does he questions them? You know, it just gives that proper detective feel, but in Daniel Craig's way. Yeah, I, I love how kind of he's got all these quirks about him and his like southern like phrases, like the way that he describes the mystery as he's like, "This is a donut with a hole in the middle, but the the donut hole is also a donut in the middle." And it's just like again. This movie is genuinely hilarious, but it's also so, so clever. Every single little detail matters and it all builds to some really, really clever things. And I, I just love the way that everything comes together. As you're saying, the family are vile, absolutely vile. And even yeah. in the smallest ways, again, you get like this contrast between the people as they're being interrogated. Jamie Lee Curtis's character says that Marta's character is from one place. I can't remember where. And then oh, Don Johnson's Paraguay. character says, yeah, one of them says Paraguay. Another one says somewhere else. 
and I don't even know if we ever find out where her family are from. Oh, I think but, it, one, but, of them, one of them said Peru. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it was like something really like that. But, yeah. yeah, the point is, is that they're both wrong. Neither of them yeah. actually know. None of the family actually see Marta as a real person. Like, mm. when they're having that whole, like, discussion about politics and immigration, yeah. and they're talking to her literally as a conduit for their discussion, not as an actual person. They never treat her nicely, and that all comes together in that brilliant scene where they read the will and you can see how much it means to all of them and Marta gets all of Harlem's possessions you can just see the family turn on her you see their ideology in that house and you know they talk about politics you know you feel their power and I think that works in a detective film because it's all about perspective and with Armadiama's character she is the carrying character whereas the rest of the characters are in for you know power greed money mm-hmm. over this house because Harlan Harlan made so many books, you know, he's a millionaire. And it's a really nice way if you think about Harlan, you know, he wants to give her the best life and he knows that the family isn't nice as well. And also a caring character towards Marta. And he knows that from the very beginning, you see that Mm. chemistry between them. It's just so wholesome. Yeah, the whole scene where he persuades her to play the game with him and he's dancing around and he's like, we're going to play on my birthday. And you really see that he is a genuine good person. And he is the only good person in that family. And I think it was so important to show the way that they all saw him and establish how much scumbags they all are before we then get to see the truth. And we get to see what Harlan's like. It really endears us to him and to Marta and steers us away from the family itself. And I think the film then plays with that when they bring in Ransom, Chris Evans's character, playing this absolute douchebag. I think there's an amazing moment after, you know, the family have all said that him being cut out of the will was the best thing that could have happened to him. They're all trying to speak to Marta and Marta gets into his car and he drives away and he yells, I think this is the best thing that could have happened to all of you. Brilliant. And, and his performance in that is so good because halfway through he switches off that douchebag and he becomes very supportive. He becomes very much what you see in Chris Evans' performance as Captain America. And they're giving him like these red herrings and they really like delve into the fact that they're all like so entitled and out of touch even the kids like there are two kids one of them who is frequently referred to as a nazi and the other one who pretends to care about marta's well-being and even if she does care more than everyone else meg yes meg she cares shut up meg (laughs) she cares shut up like like deep down she cares more about her college than she does about marta and i think that's just fantastic the way that the the narrative shifts in that will scene is wonderful and if i could criticize this movie on one thing it would be the that whole plot line of the will and the family's reactions to it take a back seat for a while it doesn't disappear entirely but i would have preferred if that was more of a strong through line in the third act because that genuinely is like super super compelling what the film has to say about class and about disillusionment yeah it reminds me like the idea of the class and this who done it it reminds me of inspector calls but that one's entirely different yes so inspector calls is about this <laughs> watch uh, us watch us whip out our gcse knowledge right now <laughs> we've been through it <laughs> So it's about an inspector who comes in and talks about a young woman who died. But that young woman has a connection with this family, like each of the family members. And they all collectively learn about each other, like, you know, what they've done with this woman and, you know, how they felt dealing with her. And I think that is also, you know, reflected here differently because the rest of the characters think a lot differently with Marta. And she wants to 
be caring and the rest of them they don't see her like proper human being like they only see her as something to help harlan and they just want money so yeah that's just a really interesting way to see yeah there's a well. there's there's a line early on where i think jamie lee curtis says oh i'm sorry that you weren't at the funeral i was outvoted there's only like what is there eight of them in total? Let's just let's say. And then later on in the movie, Michael Shannon also says, "Oh, I'm sorry, you weren't at the funeral. I was outvoted." And then you begin to think it's another, oh, it's another, it's another, it's another small way gonna... of showing yeah. how like you know fake they are and how little they care about her. They only start to care in the wrong ways when she gets the money, and they're not even caring about her. They want her to give up the money and give it back to them because they believe it's their birthright. There's a there's a line where I think Chris Evans at the end is like, this house is our birthright. And then Daniel Craig like, oh no, he bought this house in the 80s. Like, it, it's really interesting. And I love your comparison to Inspectacles. In Inspectacles, basically, the argument is these rich people didn't literally kill this girl, but they did kill her in the way that they treated her. And therefore they are going to get their own demise. They're yeah. going to lose their standing in society if mm. this information comes out. And it's very similar in Knives Out, their treatment of Marta and the fact that she then has power over them is going to be their eventual demise. And mm. I mean, we haven't even talked about the cinematography, but oh, there the is a shot at the, I mean, come on, there's a shot at the end where it pans back as all the family turn around and look up at Marta standing on a balcony above them in their house, in a place of power, and they now have no standings. All of their relationships have been broken down. Ransom has been arrested. Jamie Lee Curtis find out that Don Johnson was cheating on her. All these things have fallen apart and Marta holds all the power. And I just think that's fantastic. Oh, that might be one of the most satisfying endings. 100%. Yeah, like, there's so many satisfying endings. This one, this one was, like, the most memorable. Like, she grabs that mug that... It's Holland's mug, right? Yeah, it's Holland's mug. Yeah, I think so. And that is just a brilliant way of visual storytelling because you can see that connection with their relationship as well. And, again, that's just reinforced. And she rises up against them, you know, like... She literally just stands on that balcony and she has that power, but she has the power of, you know, to do something right in that house. Mm. She she can do something about it because the rest of them, if they have the power of that, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to live yes. life. You know, they're going to live belly falls. They're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to be mm. spending money with it. And Marty, I think she's going to do something nice with it. Yeah, she can use that money selflessly. She already wants to help out her family. But beyond that, I think that, you know, she would do a lot better with the money than what they would do. The way that they would use the money would be promoting the kind of politics that would be literally hurting people. And the whole way that she reacts to things in the movie, as you said, she's the emotional center and she reacts emotionally. And she, even in the way that she has this innocence, she can't lie without vomiting. She has all of oh, this. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, I think Benoit even says that she has this innocence, you know, whereas they don't have that innocence. And, you know, it all like kind of comes down to these core differences. And one detail that I really love is the painting in the film. Oh, the They're... painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Brilliant. I know There's a mean. painting of Harlem 
and he's you know he's sitting in a chair and he's got a stern face and it looms across like this the the living area where they have frequent discussions throughout the movie and there is a point in the movie where we get just a shot of the painting and harlan's got a stern face because you know and everything's kind of falling apart and and getting and everything's getting all all tough and right at the end just before marta walks out onto that balcony she looks at the at the painting and the painting has changed ever so slightly harlan's now smiling and it's not something that is easy to notice like i don't think i would have noticed if it wasn't pointed out to me by ryan johnson himself but it's just like a really small detail to know that he made the right choice and that he did the right thing and the way that even he reacts like he is just like good throughout the entire thing mm. and there's a different subplots for the characters and as you said earlier about Anna's character, like, throwing up every time she lies. And I think that is a brilliant way to show innocence when the character, as Benoit said as well. And mm. the rest of the characters, if you see that in, in the interrogation, you completely see a different side from them. You don't really see their weaknesses or anything like that. It was just like a proper interrogation. You just could not find out weaknesses. And like, oh, who really did this? And with the interrogation, like, you can see their names, you can see everything was doing it and they, they were just putting this mask on and they show it to detectives but then they show it towards the family members you get to see their true colors and that is a brilliant way you know perspective is an important theme throughout this film and class as well yeah i mean they in those interviews the family are putting on this facade where they're all trying to they're all like oh yeah we're all nice people we wouldn't have killed anyone yeah exactly and you can see the difference between the truth and the lies that they're telling you can see in i mean the the good thing about casting all of these excellent actors all these powerhouses is that they all can play these subtle ticks that they have when benoit says oh well you're saying this but i know that that's wrong and you can see the subtle like when he says don johnson's character he says oh well they heard raised voices and, and and you can see the characters knows exactly what he's on about these very small things that only these wonderful actors can do and again they use so well but can we talk about the cinematography in this film oh, let's do it then yes it's the cinematography come mm. on come on ryan johnson <clears throat> having seen all of his films think i think his films brick looper last jedi and Knives on knives and knives onion <laughs> knives out soon no, to be knives onion, onion as well. Yes, knives onion. That's, that's the third one apparently. But yeah, like the way that the way that he frames things and the way that he works with his director of photographies. I'm not sure who it was in this movie, but hats off to them both working together. There are so many incredible shots, shots that tell you things about them and the way that they use the setting. And it's such a brilliantly thought out movie in the way that they shoot it. Yeah, like it just captures that emotion. Like, especially, I saw so many memes out of this about, like, when Marta walks out the house, it's, like, after when the family finds out about the will, and then Mm. she walks out, and then the camera breaks from being static to being handheld, and that was so weird. It was just, like, really, it captured that overwhelming feeling, like, you're just getting attacked more constantly being attacked by the yeah. family and yeah it's great as good as all the shots are in this movie i love specifically whenever the camera is mobile like in that shot 
exactly like she exits the house and then like we get this continuous shot that follows her into the car and they're all like around her and it's so claustrophobic and and interesting and i mean it might not even be in a continuous shot but it feels like you know that you're that you that you're with her every step of the way another one that i love is when they're all debating in the living room at night and Benoit is sat by the fire and it zooms in on him. The camera runs up to him, like right by the fire. And this is a shot they used in the trailers. And then it cuts to him and he looks up and he says, I do suspect foul play. And it's, it's just brilliant. Like there's so many great moments like that. The way that they use dollies at the end when Chris Evans' character stabs Marta and he grabs the knife and there's all these different dollies that make this a really climactic moment. And you genuinely think he's going to stab Marta until it's revealed that it's a prop knife, which Harlem literally mentions at the beginning. He talks about not being able to know the difference between a prop knife and a real one. And it's just like, that's so brilliant. This small line that was used earlier on is brought back in such a major way. I think that it's just genius. This film is just genius in the way that it does everything. Yeah, it just explores many ways. But it's just a very, it's complex. Yeah, it's just a very yeah. complex narrative as well. You just explore everything. And with the cinematography as well, it just brings out the emotion. You drive with it. And again, it's just reinforced with the characters as well. And the narrative is a bit fuzzy with Chris Evans' character, you know, around and like trying to find out. Mm. Yeah, who really did it? It was a bit weird where it was going, but... Yeah, the the whole thing with the housekeeper, I can't remember her name, but that whole sequence where Marta finds her and she's been killed in the same way that Harlem was killed. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, that that kind of section, it does kind of... It's not quite as entrenched in the themes and the rest of the plot. You know, even though it does reflect those themes of dismissance of her is exactly, you know, one of the reasons why they know that it was him because she calls him Hugh because he's an asshole. It's very clever the way they do it, but it does feel a whole lot less connected to everything else. And therefore, yeah, I would agree with you, that bit does kind of fall flat and that's that's where it kind of drags a little bit yeah especially that yeah uh the score wonderful score as well absolutely yeah banging and uh, i don't think i have anything else to say though are you excited for a sequel yeah give me it mm. come on you know this is <laughs> i've heard great really things bless onion yeah i'm pretty sure i heard reviews yeah i don't know yeah, I think we, I think there's been some initial reactions. I think some people are saying that it's better than the first one. I don't know oh. how I don't know how that's possible, but if anyone can do it, it's Ryan Johnson. I know that he has deals to make more movies with Netflix in the Knives Out saga. I don't the know. The Knives Out it, universe. What? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm very excited to see, you know, a kind of Hercule Poirot style franchise. If they're all this good, then I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, give me it. Give me it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's yeah. what we're going to be talking about in two weeks' time. So we're going to give Knives Out out of um, 10. I'm going to sit comfortably in 8 out of 10. Okay, I'm going 9 out of 10. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed it and you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and subscribe yeah. if you want to see more. And if you're on Spotify, you can follow us and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, we're going to be doing Andor. Oh my God. Yeah, baby. Oh my God. I can't quite, like if anyone's like a long-term listener and have listened to our Kenobi review or maybe our Book of Boba Fett review, you'll know that I liked those shows, but oh my God, Andor is on such a God-tier level. It's what a show. What, what a show. What? 
and then we'll show. be doing and then we'll be doing glass onion the week after that so stay yes. tuned if you want to see more and please send us an email tell us your thoughts on knives out tell us your thoughts on any stuff that we've discussed here or ask us any questions and you can email us ourstimefilmpod at gmail.com and we will answer it on the pod and you can also follow us on twitter and instagram ourstimefilmpod yes very very excited to talk about andor it was just Oof. a massive step up from Kenobi. Ooh. Like I, I like, I really like Kenobi. I thought the story yeah. was really good. But oh my god, <laughs> this it's I, mad! It's absolutely mad! It's absolutely mad! And we just cannot wait to talk about it. It is going to be a long episode, which is good because there's a lot to explore. There's a yes. lot. Yes. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that, yes, what Tom said, do like it. We do enjoy talking about these films, and so yeah, so. Give it a like. And that's it. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.